0: Hello everybody and welcome to the Becoming CEO AF podcast. I'm your host Kimba Garcia and I am your co-host Amanda Bell and today we have a friend with us that we actually brought home all the way from Mexico. (laughs) Mr. (laughs) Britt it's Daniels is your last name.
1: Daniels is my last name. All right
0: I got it right Mr. Britt Daniels. Thank you so much for being here today with us Britt. I'm excited to have you.
1: Amanda, it's such a pleasure to be speaking with you. It is also a pleasure to meet you guys in Tulum. The best people come across life unexpectedly. So um, yeah, it's so much magic <laughs> that has been already fostered. I appreciate it.
0: Yeah, so just to catch you guys up, we I turned 34 in January. And my dream trip was to go to Tulum, Mexico, with my bestie on a yoga retreat. So our husbands went ahead and came with us, which was super fun. Um, and that's when we met Britt. So we originally, Britt may not even know this, that we were stalking him at the beginning yet. I don't know if we told him that story yet or not, but I did. he walked in to the resort and he was standing up there and amanda's like that's our yoga instructor um which we were super happy about because i think the guys thought and we're going to jump into this in this podcast but i think the guys thought that yoga was like just stretching and that it was maybe kind of a more feminine thing to do so when you see brit if y'all are listening on audio like brit's got muscle okay and he's a masculine looking man so when you walk when he walks up as the yoga instructor it was like okay we're about to do this thing, so I thought that was fun. So
2: Britt is checking in at the hotel, you guys. So we're all staying at the same um, hotel there in, in Tulum, Mexico, on the beach, and it was beautiful, all the things. Well, Britt walks in, and I had already scoped out the social media pages for the retreat that we were doing, the yoga retreat that we were doing. So, so I recognized Britt from social media right off the bat. So I lean over to everybody because he's checking in at the counter, and I'm like, psst, that's the yoga instructor. That's him. And my husband Chris literally looks at me and goes, Well, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> he goes, I'm gonna die this week. And I'm like, Oh, this is gonna be great. <laughs> and it it's was
1: funny I'll say that because the yoga we did was definitely intense for me.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we did some intense yoga. We did and what a beautiful experience. So that's, I think we just naturally from Jump um, connected with Brett as our kind of people, you know and then we spent really the time, it was a small intimate group. There was, how many of us was there, Brett? Maybe 10?
1: Eight, Eight, 10 to eight. Yeah, Yeah. at at
0: the yoga retreat. And four of them were me, you, Chris and Robbie. Yes. (laughs) So a very intimate group. And we just basically adopted you into our own little inner circle and ended up hanging out with you through the entire trip, we ended up leaving the resort together, going out to dinner multiple times and really getting to enjoy spending more time with you um, as a person. And that led me back to your podcast, which I actually shared with my children last week. I just enjoyed your podcast so much. And from there, I got you to agree to come on to our podcast. So if you don't mind, Britt, just telling the listeners a little bit about because you have a great story I got to hear on your podcast, but... They haven't heard it yet. Um, so go ahead and share the name of the podcast because they need to plug in with it. But also just a little bit about um, your story and who you are.
1: I appreciate that, Campbell. Yeah, my podcast is Black Health 365. It's sponsored by Urban One, the largest multimedia-owned company by Black people. Um, and our podcast, we're champions of truth and healthcare information for Black people. Um, and so to do justice about who I am and what I do. I think it does justice to talk about my life story Mm -hmm. and how I got into wellness, how I got into fitness, how I got into yoga. To take a step back, I'm from Albany, Georgia, birthplace Ray Charles, very country town, right? I had no concept of health or wellness most of my life. I was overweight most of my life. I had a lot of mental issues, a lot of people in my family, struggled with addiction, um, physical issues, obesity, all types of things. And I became very aware of how unhealthy I was going to college. Um, I'm a military brat. I lived all over growing up. My father was a Marine. He was a drill sergeant. I lived in Georgia, Florida, Hawaii, Italy, China, Japan, all types of places growing up, but luckily got a full scholarship to Georgetown University here in Washington, D.C. Came to D.C. because I thought I wanted to be a politician and work on the Hill. Um, My first two years of college were very difficult. I was the first in my family to go to a big university. Um, I really had no guidelines, no mentors, and so I started to uh essentially developed bad habits um got into doing drugs um experiencing depression anxiety it got to the point my sophomore year where i pretty much had a big mental breakdown and i had to take some time away and luckily even though i wasn't in the best relationship with my father at the time who was again a marine um, he allowed me to go stay with him when he moved to japan and pretty much that was my cultural backdrop to redefine who i was as a man um i was 70 pounds overweight for what i am now i had no sense of um self no purpose nothing um and so while i was there i pretty much had to build myself back up i would read everything from neuroscience to buddhism to Taoism, um just anything to give me a sense of understanding um i never worked out a day before in my life i was not in the sports at all growing up i was a big nerd anime kid and so i would go to the gym on this navy base and just get on the elliptical because i didn't know how to work out but this navy seal named john would come talk to me he would be like hey bro you seem really stressed out you should try yoga Well, again, I'm a black dude from the South. I didn't know what the hell yoga was, but I was like, okay, I need something to get out of my way. Um, And so I would go to these classes full of Japanese women and white women looking really out of place. But it was something about the intentionality, the breath work, uh, the philosophy of yoga that really spoke to me at the time period. And I fell in love with it. I really fell in love with it. And so I started lifting weights and exercising more just as a way of enhancing my yoga practice. But what I tell my students and I tell my clients is that sometimes the best way to get out of your head is to get into your body. Mm -hmm. And so um, I fell in love with movement. And with that, I went back to the States after a stint of being in Japan um, and changed my major from politics to philosophy and graduated. Um, From there, I started working at a number of box gyms in the DC community uh, to get experience working in a gym, get experience working with people and changing lives. I knew I wanted a career in health and wellness. About three years of doing that, I pretty much reached every parameter within that corporate structure that I wanted and decided that I wanted to expand into my own world. At heart, I'm a creative. And so I started my own business, Profit Fitness. Profit Fitness, property is vision and manifestation, having a goal, a vision, an idea, and taking calculated steps to achieve it. And so everyone is a profit through their own tenacity and their work ethic. Um, and so it's my business now. I'm a corporate wellness director here in the Washington, D.C. community where I set up contracts with different corporations, government agencies, um, nonprofits, and pretty much set up fitness programs and for all of these institutions. Outside of that, I do personal training, I teach all types of classes. Um, I'm really a health and mindfulness advocate, if I could say so. And it's, it's, it's a beautiful experience thinking about where I came from and where I am today. Um, And I'm just grateful. Um, The yoga retreat that we met on, actually, these people who hosted it, Moodra retreats, great company, great people they actually found me online. And it's amazing how you can find so many beautiful souls online. Um, and so they asked me to come on that retreat and um, and there it is. And that's how we met.
0: And that's why we fell in love with Britt on the retreat. Like his... I know you
2: guys heard that. Everything, yeah. we're all prophets.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's, I mean, I just, I love his message and the impact that he's having on the black community specifically, but really on anybody that comes in contact with Britt. you can't help but be impacted by his energy. And Britt, in listening to your podcast, um, you said, well, and with what you just shared, you shared something that I just love so much. You got into yoga as more of, because some people do really view yoga as just stretching right? And so when I hear that you got into yoga more as a mindset and even spiritual piece to get into your body, to get out of your mind, to practice your own balance and intention, you know, I think that that's just something that all the men specific, all the people of the world could benefit from, but especially maybe men that didn't have any that until you, right, hadn't had anybody invite them into yoga. So could you speak a little bit more on I guess speaking towards the people that don't know anything about yoga and or meditation yet, because I love your perspective on this topic, especially for people that are looking for to use it in the way that you're using it, right? Maybe you, you actually said that you worked out to support your yoga practice. And it's so funny because that's the reason why I lift weights, too. I'm like, I need these forearms for my crow. Y'all don't yeah. know, right? <laughs>
2: um,
0: but so if you'll just share with us a little bit about because you've also done extensive research through like you said um through science through Buddhism um and these Japanese practices the last day of our retreat he actually went and worked with a samurai like doing intention work with the samurai and the sword and all the things so you've really ventured down that path in a way that I think is so beautiful and I think our listeners could really benefit to hearing your perspective on what is yoga and meditation
1: Absolutely. And I'll start with yoga, even though there's aspects of them that are interchangeable. Um, yeah. Yoga at its heart at his heart um, is an ancient Indian philosophy, right? Um, and in the West, like you said, I think you framed it correctly. A lot of people think yoga is just about stretching, um, but it's much more than that. This is thousands of years. Um, at its heart, yoga has really three tenets. You have um, pranayama, which is breath work. Um, different ways and modalities of breathing to help you tap into your central nervous system, to tap into your higher consciousness. You have your uh, dhyana, which we call concentration, which is essentially forms of meditation directing your mind. And then you have the asanas, which are the body poses, which you think of a downward facing dog, a warrior one. Um, And it gets way more complicated than that. But at its heart, uh, I view yoga as a tool for self-inventory, I view yoga as a tool for knowledge of self, um, and it's, it's it's very beneficial for the body for multiple different reasons. The, the spirituality speaks to it. The neuroscience the studies that people are doing in the West now speaks to it, um, but it's a practice that I encourage people to um, investigate. Um, taken away from there, you know, I have a lot of students come to me How do you meditate? Meditation is so difficult. And I think it does justice to demystify these concepts of yoga and meditation. Again, some people may think of meditation as, oh, I'm sitting in a chair and sitting on the ground uncomfortably in a lotus position. And I have to completely still my mind where no thoughts are happening. And I think that's an unfortunate perspective of what meditation is. At its Mm -hmm. heart, meditation is a mental exercise that allows you to become observant of your mind so that you can respond more effectively to the world. I think you said it correctly. A lot of men, a lot of people in general, they react to the world. The world is happening and the circumstances that come to them, they they react to it, they react, react, react. Exercises, mental exercises like yoga and meditation allow you to process, observe things, not attach yourself to your thoughts, your fleeting thoughts so that you can appropriately engage with the world. Um, and so, yeah, when I have clients or students that come to me and say, my mind constantly lacks to chatter, it constantly talks. I can't make it shut up. Well, my, my response to them is that listen to it, mm. be observant, but not consumed. Um, and so, yeah, um, there are different types of meditation too. From, and you know, again, at its root, meditation is directing your mind. So there are different ways of doing that. You can focus on some concept maybe an image call that iconic meditation. You can focus on your breath. You can focus on your simple existence, your awareness, or you can even focus on your body. Um, So there are different types of meditation. Also, there are different types of yoga from Iyengar to Mysore to Ashtanga. Um, But at its root, all of these tools, all of these practices help us tap into our highest consciousness, which is... uh, state of awareness and i think these t- these are tools for us to cultivate awareness and not only that cultivate free will free agency
0: well i just love all of that bread and i will share with you that i have learned to use yoga towards that way i think that's really the biggest thing that i've gained from my yoga practice and the reason why i respect appreciate it so much is because it has helped me exactly what you said tap into my higher consciousness now i first started pushing into yoga on youtube in 2020 when the gym shut down I say that's when I pushed into it, but that's when I pushed into it hard and heavy. I wish that I would have before that because I had been indirectly utilizing um, headstands as a point of concentration in my own mental game if you will whenever I started realizing that I had some personal development to do one of the things that I found off from headstands right off of the jump was that I really had to focus to hold that position and I just started doing it for fun not even really knowing what I was doing at that point because it helped me hold my point of concentration for as long as I was on my head at that time now it's a little bit easier for me but at that time I really couldn't think about anything else when I needed to clear my mind I found myself I was like well girl if you can handle the world upside down you can handle anything and I would get in a headstand (laughs) and after that I started pushing more into it when the gym shut down in 2020 And really found a love for what you're talking about, being able to tap into myself, being able to grow my consciousness, and from there, even being able to intertwine together meditation with yoga. And I love what you said, get out of your, you know, to get out of your mind, get into your body, because yoga has truly, truly allowed me to be able to do that um, over the last seven years, um,
2: pushing into it. I just love that so much. I think one of the biggest pieces that stood out to me, Britt, was when you were saying that a lot of these Men more so maybe than women, but people in general, men will react to the things that are coming to them in in the world, right? The everyday situations that come up and things that come up will react to it. And what they don't even understand or realize was, I know I didn't for the longest time, was that we can actually be the cause of the effect, right? We don't mm-hmm. have to be the effect of everything, and and everything isn't just coming at us and being thrown on us. In fact, we can learn by tapping into some of those. Any of those three, really, whether you're going to tap into your concentration or your intentions or your, um, your any, any of the different meditation or yoga practices, you really get to learn how to maneuver your own spirit internally inside of you versus outside, right? And, and I think that that is just so beautiful that you've done all that knowledge and re- all that extensive research, if you will. That's had to have been a ton of books because half of what you said, I was like, I did not know that name. I did not know there were three types. I did I'm over here and I'm like, but hearing you say it, I'm like, oh, I've practiced that one? Oh, yeah. yep, I've practiced that one. Oh, okay, I think I've practiced
0: <laughs> all three of them. <laughs> and you also talked about um I got to just this just came to my mind when you said that Amanda, but he also talked about being the awareness of your thoughts, which is something that we talk about a lot at yeah. CEOAF. Yep. In fact, we've came up with a little I don't want to call it an acronym because it's not, but a term, if you will, for this to simplify it in our mind um, is your magic carpet. So when when we're talking to our clients, it's very common to hear Amanda or I say, hey, you need to get back on your magic carpet. And that's what we're talking about. It's time to zoom out and become the awareness of what's going on and not being stuck in what we call the hamster wheel. And Mm. yoga and meditation is such a huge, that's actually a huge part of our warrior program is teaching entrepreneurs how to stay on their magic carpet and operate from that perspective so that you can be the CEO of your business and your life and not react to the things that are coming at you, but be able to co-create with them and operate from a place of awareness because that's truly where solutions live. And so pulling them, reeling them back up on that magic carpet is the reason why we even have our clients push into meditation the first week of the warrior program.
1: I love how you put that um, and take a step back before I got into meditation again, I was very much a person who reacted to the world violent sometimes, honestly. And this, this exercise really helped me. It was a bit this type of stuff work required a lot of courage. Mm. But, and in that process of sitting still with your thoughts, you have to listen to all the darkness um, and through continuous practice, you learn grace, um, and perhaps even learn to operate from a place of faith. And so it's it's in that type of self-work. Like you said, if you want to pursue a career and, and maybe even you know become an entrepreneur, you have to do that type of work so that you can appropriately engage with the work going on around you to make those executive decisions.
0: Yep. That's exactly right. And I just love that. I love so much. It's one of my favorite things is making sure we're all always operating from our magic carpet, from a place of intention, awareness, and not not being the victim of life, but being the co-creator with it.
2: And having, That's the, it. And having the courage, how would you say, could, can you recall what maybe made you dive into uh, to all of this and stepping out with courage, faith, and grace? Because the truth is, yeah. is there are so many, I feel like that it's hard to find that. It's hard to find the courage lo- to sit with your own thoughts. Yeah, Kimba said it
1: right. A lot of people can tap into this victimhood mindset, but it's like, for me, it took a while for me to learn a language of vulnerability without tapping into a victimhood mindset. And mm-hmm. so there was one moment, if I can be frank, I had a conversation with my father where um, he was, I was telling him, like, I don't feel like I can do this when I was at my lowest moment. Man, he was like, nobody gonna save you. And, you know, he hung up the phone and I looked around my room, it was disgusting. Um, and I was like, you know what, no one is gonna save me. And that was the euphoria moment for me, where like I have to pick myself up and get it together. And um, it was actually this book, we spoke about it in Tulum that helped me even reframe my mindset even more by a guy named David Goggins, who wrote this book called Can't Hurt Me. And I read that book probably like six times. This guy is a Navy SEAL, he's been described as one of the toughest people on the planet. Um, he has a very powerful narrative too for the listeners um, where he wasn't given the best chips in life, but through pure self will and conviction he you know he, he got it together and that really spoke to me it really spoke to my ethos um and so i had to dive into that self work things that made me feel uncomfortable um i wanted to do it like you know i would wake up early in the morning i would have conversations that made me so uncomfortable uh, i'm an introvert at heart you know i started doing group fitness and personal training as a way of getting out of my own way to lean to discomfort, to lead, lean into discomfort
2: Wow. I love that so much. You, you, uh, like touched maybe a soft spot or a wound when you said you were on the phone with your father and he, um, told you nobody's coming, man, it's you. You're in your, sitting in your messy room and at the lowest of the lowest moment, I remember when I was, um, I was younger and I had had tank my, my youngest son today, but, um, my only biological son right and so i had tank and i was calling my mom because my bills were stacking up they weren't stopping and and i was working three jobs and i remember like calling mom i was originally like mustering up the courage to ask for money for my electric bill, because the truth is, is it was off. And like, I was worried the groceries were going to go bad in the fridge and freezer. And I didn't have money to buy new groceries. So like, I really need those to stay good. Nobody opened the refrigerator. It's got to stay cold in there. Okay. Utilities are off. And I remember when I called her and she said, well, I guess you're going to have to get another job. And I remember thinking, well, I guess I am. You know, I guess I am going to have to figure that piece out. love you. Goodbye.
0: (laughs) That's such a powerful piece to it, though, is to realize because that I mean, that was the same realization that I came to like, girl, ain't nobody coming for you're you going to have to do this. I mean, at the end of the day, maybe nobody else shows up and then what? And that's really being able to escape that victim mentality that you were talking about. And you said something. You used the word grace, which I love because it resonated with me so hard. I usually use the word compassion. And for me, whenever I started sitting with my thoughts and, of course, all those scary things start popping up because you do start seeing your own shadows, right? That's why they call it the shadow work. The fears and the childhood traumas or the self-limiting beliefs, all of those things just show their ugly face and you're just watching them float by. And for me, the most important piece to that, um, whenever I really started finding, because I used to fight myself, I really... I always worded it as that there was a monster inside of me, and I just could not get in control of her. And whenever I started giving her grace, when I started giving her compassion, when I stopped fighting her as the monster, when I started realizing that all the trauma and the problems and the things that I've been through were all with purpose, I was able to walk in faith, and it was through slowing down and being on my magic carpet, the abs- uh, you know, the observer of my thoughts that I was really able to start to find where these self-limiting beliefs came from and rewind back to the first moment when my brain, when my subconscious brain wired that thought together and be able to give it compassion, which helped my subconscious release it. Because when we can let ourselves know, Hey, I don't need this self-limiting belief anymore. What our subconscious brain wants to do is protect us. So we wire all these things in to protect us from whatever our perspective is that we need protecting from. And through meditation, we're able to go in and start to rewire some of those things. So if you can have the bravery to sit with it and then to move into a place where you can give it respect for what it is and the fact that it was there to serve you originally for some reason, or at least your subconscious brain believes so, then you can start to give it the grace and find the faith. And that's where where the whole life just changes, right? For me, it was.
2: Yeah, for sure. I remember for me, the faith piece was, um, was so important. And today we call it like inside of CEOAF, we like to, we like to talk about it being, we're all creators, right? So we all are creators and we have a creator, whether, whether that's your universe, your God, your Buddha, your whoever, right? And he is you and you are it. And that was the piece of the faith that when I realized I had all the resources to to get my utilities turned back on. I had everything that I needed in that moment. I had everything that I needed to survive and live. everything was around me I just had to tap into it and find it and grab it and then run with it right that's all I had to do and so if I was going to have to do that we say it all the time if I was already going to have to go out there and find where I was getting this I don't know the electric bill was past due so it's probably close to 200 bucks in that little bitty apartment but like if I was going to have to muster it up 200 bucks from somewhere sometime someplace but I know it's out there somewhere I was going to go ahead and do it having a whole lot of fun because the truth is is like crying about it wasn't going to bring it to me (laughs) (laughs) So.
0: <laughs> I love that and yeah. looking at you today man I would just never in fact when I heard that you were 70 pounds heavier than you are right now I was mind blown I was like wow and that's probably help you does that help you relate to your clients because I would just imagine it's easy for somebody that's and I say easy, but it's easier. Let's just be honest. It's easier if you've always been into fitness or kind of grew up or it's just been a natural part of your existence than to have to shed off 70 pounds. I mean, that's a whole nother person that you shed off of yourself. Um, and I can just, I mean, I have never, I've never lost that significant amount of weight. And I'm sure that when working with your clients, it probably helps everybody that you work with just feel so supported to know that story.
1: Absolutely. Um, Again, I had no concept of health growing up in Albany, Georgia, you know. And so um, with my clients, I think as a coach, as a wellness coach, um, nutritionist, whatever, when you're in that space where someone is being vulnerable with you, you want to make that space feel safe. And I understand where people come from. So I tell them my narrative and let them know that it's okay. but there are strategies that we can put in place for you to achieve your goals, smart strategies. Um, And so, yeah, it's it's again yeah it's it's a very vulnerable place
2: i'm like what were your childhood meals like what did you eat in georgia
1: oh man you if you're from the south y'all y'all live in texas y'all know
2: mcdonald's ain't
1: gonna lie to you kool-aid i mean i'm gonna say yeah Kool-Aid. yeah yeah, yeah.
2: That's so
1: so, all the things i had no concept of oh i needed to eat right um yeah. You know, so I'm, I'm very grateful that through my own again, like you said before, Kimba, um, we go through things because they're necessary. I had those mental breakdowns to break through to who I am. Um, and so, yeah, I'm, I'm happy. I have dedicated time into understanding myself, how the body works, how the mind works. Uh, but going through that piece of rewiring the brain and doing dealing with that shadow work. That's an ongoing process. Life isn't linear. You don't just figure something out and keep on moving. Um, Sometimes life is a spiral. where You circle back on the same truths and find deeper meaning each time. Um, And so this saga still continues. I still have a lot of self-work to do. I still struggle with anxiety and and sometimes thoughts of self-incrimination, but now I have better tools mentally and physically to deal with it. Sometimes the rain doesn't stop raining. You just learn how to wear better armor.
0: I love that. And I gotta say, Brad, if I walked into the gym today, that I probably wouldn't guess that I would imagine that walking up and doing that in person training with you for somebody that is sitting set where where you came from, right? Maybe 70 pounds overweight to walk up and just work out with you in the gym is something that can be a little bit intimidating, which is what I love so much about what you're doing today with your clients and what you're working on building out with your app because A lot of the a lot of the people I know in my circle and in my friend group, they get nervous about going to the gym. You know, it's one of those things where, like you said, they're like, I don't know how to work out. What am I going to do? Just sit on the elliptical the whole time. And um, and so that's I'm really excited about this app that you have coming out, because I think that your story reaches a certain demographic that not every trainer can reach. Um, And then I also think that you're opening this up to a place where I would imagine inside the app, people are going to be able to work out maybe from home or from the beach or push into yoga and maybe even be able to access some workouts that they could do with not having to walk into the gym and feel like they don't know what's going on. But the app will actually support them to know what workouts to do and then how to do them. Is that right?
1: Absolutely. What spiritually speaks to me the most about being in this career that I'm in now um, is that it's it's spiritual for me. I get to help people Mm -hmm. be healthy. And in that process, it makes me feel better and I get to stay on my own journey. And so this year, this is actually a conversation we had in Tulum when we first met. It's like, um, as a trainer, I started off in a box gym. Okay. I have about 15, 20 clients that I see one in and one out. But this year, as I'm expanding in my corporate wellness business and now getting into this virtual model is how can I scale up to touch more lives? How can I impact more lives through wellness? Um, my goal with my clients, all of them, all of my students, is how can they be equipped with the tools that they need to stay consistent on their own to be smart, effective, and efficient? And so, yeah, I'm right now I'm creating a virtual app that will have resources for mind, body, and even social connection, um, where it will have components about how to meditate, it will have components about proper workout uh, programs for you to, based on your goals, whether that's muscle building, whether that's fat loss um, and um, how to find maybe even social groups that can keep you accountable. I think that's what wellness is. It's three pronged. It's mind, body and social connection. So I'm very excited about this app and um, the, the potential for it. Oh,
2: I love that so much. Well, I'm excited about the
0: app too. You said something else beautiful a second ago that the shadow work really doesn't ever end. The healing doesn't ever end. The growth never ends. You just find a deeper layer of the truth, which I love so much because I just think that I would enjoy the shit out of your meditations, Britt. I know. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm excited for this app to get developed and come out. And I know that there are probably thousands, hundreds of thousands of people around the world that this thing is going to impact. So I'm excited about that. In the meantime, Brett, I know that you do Some stuff on Instagram, right? That's how the Mudra Resorts found you in the first place, was finding you on the IG because you were actually in Tulum and tagged Tulum, and they were able to connect with you. Would you mind sharing with the listeners of our podcast how the best way for them to connect with you and just stay tuned for this, one, for all your content. You put out so many great things, and then also for this app that you're going to be launching here pretty soon.
1: Absolutely. So people can find me um, at ProfitFitness.life. That's my website. But it's also on my Instagram, and you can find me on TikTok, you can find me on Twitter, you can find me on all platforms. My name is Britt Daniels, that's Britt with two Ts, B-R-I-T-T, um, and yeah, we taking off. I
0: don't even have you on TikTok, so you better expect at least one follower coming from today. <laughs> you can count two. <laughs> 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 Thank you guys so much. And y'all make sure that you head over to Britt's page. Stay tuned for the app that he has coming out. And if you got anything from this episode, appreciated his story, you guys know what to do. You want to hit the subscribe button on the Becoming CEO AF podcast. And you also want to share this with your friends. We like to say that the ripple effect never ends, right? If you got something value from this podcast, thousands of other people can get value from this podcast as well. So let's get Britt's message out there. Share the podcast, share the story, and we will see you guys on this next episode.